Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Good morning, ladies and gents. It's Ryan with Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you so much for tuning in. I will say I'm battling a cold right now, like the White Walkers coming over the wall. So please forgive the nasally sound. But nonetheless, have a great episode for you, and let's get into it. My guest today is Sam Herring. He's what I call the Kerry Colat or Alan Freed of wrestling media, in that he's the phenom. He's only in middle school, but he has a media empire called Home That Advantage. He co-founded a podcast with Jude Swisher, and now they have staff writers, they have sponsors. It really is a media empire. And not to mention, Sam is also a great wrestler. He's only in eighth grade, but I can promise you folks, he has his shit together more than most adults I know. So I think you'll learn a little bit from this, and you'll be entertained by just how much Sam knows about the current state of affairs in wrestling. It's incredible. Fan of the week is K. Kelly. That's at K. Kelly 28 on Twitter. Thank you so much for the shout out as well as for listening to the show. Last but not least, folks, if you want to get updates in the podcast outside of what you're hearing here, that sounded weird. Outside of what you're getting through the podcast, follow us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life. On Twitter, it's my name. It's Ryan underscore N underscore Warner. I have no idea why I have that handle. I probably need to fix it. And then our website's WrestlingChangeMyLife.com, where you can find all past episodes, blogs, videos, as well as our online store. That's it, folks. Let's give it up for Sam Herring. All right, we are here with Sam Herring, popular man on Twitter, probably the most popular on the uh, the Flow channels. How are you doing this morning, my man? I'm doing great, Ryan. How about you? Outstanding. Thanks for taking some time, man. You've blown up since you're commentating at the scuffle. I'm honored you'd even take time to, to join us little people down here. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a crazy experience, that's for sure. Dude, how the heck did you get involved broadcasting the scuffle? Uh, it, it's a pretty long story to what, what went into it. And, uh, um, so basically it just started me being a huge fan of wrestling, uh, because I am very involved in, in the sport of wrestling as a competitor, first and foremost. Um, I really wanted to get all I could when I wasn't working out, when I wasn't wrestling, I still wanted more wrestling. And so I would finish all my schoolwork as fast as I could. Um, I'm homeschooled, so it works out pretty well. And then I would just jump on flow and just start watching technique videos and um, a lot of videos like that, interviews. I wanted to hear what what goes through the mind of a champion, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and then that just that passion grew um the passion for wrestling out outside of my own competition um and so i continued to uh to just watch as much as i could and then eventually frl i found frl through that uh obviously it's a it's a big thing that flow does that yeah. draws a lot of attention so um it was about last year last uh, 2018 November about is when I really started to get famous, I'd call it, but, but really start <laughs> to, um, to get my name out there on Twitter and on FRL and stuff like that. Um, and is that but, from, would you say that's from just your social, your presence? Cause to me, I look at, at Sam as, as two, two, two different acts right now you have the wrestler you're a great wrestler and you're you're on that journey but then you're also on this media personality journey and so that kind of started when you started breast started watching the film not for your own technique but just because you enjoy the sport right yeah that that's about where it started was um i mean when i started getting on flows because i wanted more technique and more stuff to grow my wrestling and um as that started to grow i asked my dad for the pro account and uh, and I just wanted to get everything we there we could, and um, obviously what a blessing that he did get that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving forward, I just I wanted to get more, and I wanted to get more, and I just I couldn't stop with that. Um, and then eventually it grew into like you said a little bit more of a fandom than a wanting to grow my own wrestling. Uh, and I feel like I kind of have two purposes on flow, or on track, or wherever I may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have one purpose to grow my wrestling, and if I'm looking for a position that I need to get better in, I can go to flow and find techniques from every coach, whatever I can I can get there. Um, but also my fandom of the sport, and I can learn stuff that, that helps me get there. Um, I can watch interviews. Other kids play video games. I watch interviews is, is kind of how it goes. Love it. Um, but anyway, it's kind of started out with FRL. I I asked questions from my mom's Twitter account because I heard that's that you get on Twitter. So I jumped on my mom's phone and sent in some questions uh, and they answered them, but obviously nothing happened there. They're just like, uh, Shannon Herring asked this. So, um, (laughs) she got mad at me after a while that I followed too many, uh, people on her, on her Twitter account. So now she had followed like 2000 wrestling (laughs) accounts or whatever. And so she told me to go create my own account. Um, so eventually on her phone, I created just another account and uh, started asking questions. And uh, I actually had my background picture. I don't think anybody's going to remember this, but one time I had my background picture of as me with the Nittany Lion at, at State College. Uh, I went there one summer to kind of just see there was the week of Final X. So I got a picture with the Nittany Lion. And I was, when I was going for a profile picture, I was like, oh, that's a cool one. Absolutely. So I put it up there. And uh, my question was, which program develops freshmen the best? And honestly, I felt like it was going to be Iowa. But then they they answered it, and they were like, "Man, this guy's just a Penn State homer. He <laughs> loves he loves Penn State. He's at, he's he's getting us to say Penn State. So because of that, I'm not saying Penn State. And they just moved on. And I was like, dang. So I wouldn't change my profile picture. Um, but were you but, in it, or was it just a Nittany Lion? Uh, it was me with the Nittany Lion. Okay, okay. Yeah, so okay. I was like standing next to it, yeah. So that was funny, and I changed my profile picture and kept asking questions, and I don't think they remembered it. Um, but anyway, I started to ask questions, and they would answer them sometimes, but very rarely. Uh, and then we got to this one question that I asked, and this is kind of where everything 
launched was it was after his number one. I sent in the question, um, have you guys ever considered wrestling middle school to who's number one? And I asked this because I've seen a lot of high level matches at middle school mm-hmm. and I think it would really be a good product for the fans and I think it would be a cool idea. But um so I asked that over and over and over again but until they answered it. It was about uh so they did a show twice a week and I asked it for about three, four weeks straight. So six six to eight times (laughs) I asked that. And finally they answered and it was the funniest show ever. Uh I I need to send you a clip of of that episode. Um but it was it was really funny. On that episode, it's like they answered it, and they were like, so we don't have to read this 10 times for the rest of our life in the questions from friends, Twitter comments. Sam Herring, and then they asked a question, and uh, Willie goes, Sam, Sam, I love you, but no. And then they just started talking about why there shouldn't be uh, who's number one at, uh, or middle school at who's number one. Mm Mm-hmm. And eventually they were like, why does this dude keep asking this? And then CP goes, I think I know. I bet he's like a coach and he's got a really good middle schooler uh, that wants to wrestle at who's number one. And then they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think it was Nomad that said, or he could be a middle schooler. And then it, it transitioned so quick from that. Uh, like nobody heard Nomad and then he said it again and everybody was like, oh, really? <laughs> and... uh and then Bratke read my Twitter handle, which was, uh, it still is Samwise underscore 2006. Um, so that would show I was like, I was 12 at the time. So um, it was just funny the way they figured it out. And then they were just dying laughing that they had been asked by like a 12 year old that they didn't figure that out. It was pretty funny. And then from there, they just started answering my questions pretty much every episode. And, uh, and that that way they kind of like knew who I was and right. everything was awesome. Um, and I know this is a long story, but no, I'm going no, no, to keep going. going. Yeah. Um, eventually we got to, uh, leading up to the Southern scuffle. Um, so every year right after Christmas, it's like the weekend before Southern scuffle. Southern scuffle is like a Wednesday, Thursday tournament. Mm-hmm. So the weekend before that I wrestle at a thing called Dixie nationals yep. in Atlanta. Um, so I was dressing at that again, uh, obviously, every year I do that. Um, so CP asked me if I was going to the Southern Scuffle because he knows I live in Tennessee. Um, it, it's about five hours away from me. Uh, so it's definitely a, a doable trip. But from Atlanta, it's like two hours. So it works out really well. Um, he asked if I was going. And uh, I asked my mom. I was like, can we please go first college? I had never been to anything other than my own competition tournament-wise. Okay. Um so it was my first ever high school big tournament, college big tournament, anything. Uh, so we went to that, and uh, we said yes. And 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 CP was like, "Hey, you got to come say hey to us. We might get an interview with some of your predictions or something like that." Um, so I did that. We went. I went down as soon as I got there. I wanted to go meet him, so I ran down to the, like the the media table, snuck past the guards to get there, and uh, and then I went and talked to him for for while and we got a picture and then posted cp posted it on twitter i was like we met we finally met him and uh <laughs> and somebody people in the comments were going hey put him on the mic put him on the mic and obviously you know like behind the scenes i had been watching flow for years and years so i knew all the guys and i knew him pretty well um 
So when he was like, hey, you want to go call a mat? I was like, sure. And I called five matches in consolation rounds. Um, and I knew the guys, and I was able to commentate, and everybody on Twitter loved it. And so um, they started saying, hey, put them on for the semifinals or finals. And they were like, we, we need more of this. And so I did the flow zone semifinals, and that was so fun. And especially because, uh, obviously, you watch the constellations, especially at the Southern Scuffle, and you don't know the guys nearly as well as you might for the semifinals. Right, right. Um, mm. So I felt a lot more comfortable doing the semis, and it was with Alia Stone. I did it with him. So it was just a really, really fun experience. And that's how it all started. And the next year I came back and the same thing happened. Yeah, so you just did it this year. Did you do more matches this year than you did last year? I did a lot more. I did a lot more. I probably got mm, 40, 35, 40 matches. Man, what kind of prep do you do knowing you're going into it this year? I really didn't do any prep. I just kind of studied the wrestlers when I had some time. Like I said, I was uh, competing the weekend before, so I was kind of focusing on that. Um, And then... We got into Chattanooga and trained with some people there before the Southern Scuffle. So I didn't really prep at all, but I mean, I, I know the guys. I, I know them pretty well. So when I got there, I was also, I'm doing a podcast, so my speaking skills are, are getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's kind of how it, how it went down. It's cool because like I don't know if I could even, or a lot of wrestling fans would be able to commentate at the level to do wrestlebacks at the scuffle. That's a level of knowledge. That's that's a level deeper. And so you just have that from watching it after all right. these years. Right. So what what weight class do you wrestle in? Are you in seventh grade or eighth grade? I'm in seventh grade. Um, I, I started out the season at 80 pounds. I've grown a little bit, so I'm at 85 now. Okay. I believe when I was in seventh grade, I was, I want to say, 79. And then 84 and then 80. No, 80, 79 and 89, I think, were the 7th grade, 8th grade years. Okay. So, talk to me a little bit about being homeschooled and how that all started and what you like and maybe what you don't like about that and how, how it impacts your wrestling game. Yeah, so, um, I don't know how many people know this. I've got six siblings. Um, so Soccer players, right? Obviously. Yeah, so my family's, before me and my older brother, we've been mostly a soccer family. Um, mm-hmm. I've got two sisters. One of them is graduating, but um, she played D2 college soccer. And my other one, she's a, a sophomore, and she's playing D1 at Memphis. Um, so they're both pretty good soccer players, uh, high level. And um, so athletic family, but never really into wrestling. And then obviously I got into it, loved it. But anyway, all of my siblings have been homeschooled through high school, um, with the exception two of them went to high school early at, at seventh grade. Um, what? But... <laughs> They they went to school early. Oh, oh, oh. And like they're, they're high school. Smart. So, yeah. Um, no, sorry about that. But anyway, everyone's homeschooled till high school. I'll probably be the same. Um, basically, we homeschooled you till eighth grade, with with some exceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to choose if you want to go to high school or not. And we've all chose chosen that we want to go to high school. Um, but the reason for that is. Um, spending time with my siblings obviously like if we were at school i would not get to see my siblings very often yeah so that was important um so this was all before wrestling was even brought in um so another one was uh so that we didn't have to be held back in certain subjects um if you were really good at math but not very good at science you'd kind of be pushed ahead in math and held back so you get everything in science so everything's custom to to your abilities and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and we wanted the freedom to be able to do whatever we needed with our school. Yeah. Um, and then also more time with 
my family, my parents, everybody else. That was those were the big reasons. And then obviously when I got into wrestling, it was a big help um, that I get to spend more time. I get to um, do my schoolwork and get get done what I needed, and then focus on el- what else I needed to do. And so is your mom your teacher or your dad your teacher? For the most part. So my dad's a pilot for FedEx, so it's mostly my mom that's teaching me. Um, I do have now, uh, it when I was younger, it was only my mom, but now I'm going to some tutors and I'm doing some classes outside of that. Um, so she's kind of my teacher that for the whole week, but when I do go to classes, they are my tutor is kind of how I put it. Gotcha. Well, it's cool to think about the time you have with your siblings because mm-hmm. you know if you have five siblings, I don't know how close in age or six siblings, I don't know how close in age they all are, but you think that'd be cool to hang out with your brothers and sisters all day versus yeah. going to school. So that's that's pretty. It cool. is. Yeah, and I I've developed some pretty good relationships with them, and I think it's it's definitely helped that that we get to spend all day together. We range from my oldest sister is twenty five, and then Eli, my little brother, is eleven. Is he wrestle? So he does. Nice. He does. And so you have a wrestling background in the sense that your pops wrestled, but it sounds like before you, not a lot of your siblings did. What was it with you that got you involved, and how did that all start? Um, so my family lived in Jacksonville, Florida, for a while um, before I was born, and then they ended up moving the year before I was born. So I was born into Memphis, um, but they lived in Jacksonville, and there wasn't very good wrestling programs there. My dad wanted to get them into wrestling, but he wasn't too focused like that wasn't his focus um he kind of just wanted to get him into athletics Mm -hmm. and he took him to soccer he took him to football he took him to wrestling and soccer seemed to be the thing that everybody liked um and obviously there wasn't a very good wrestling program there at the time um so they kind of had to focus on soccer and then when they moved to memphis um that was the focus like i was going to be a soccer player and um, my little brother was as well. But we met some friends uh, that we had at church there. Uh, when I was about six, they, they kept telling us, hey, you got to get these kids into wrestling. There's a great wrestling program up in Memphis. And uh, her, her son, this was a, a friend from church, and her son wrestled for the high school team. And um, So these are people convincing your dad to get his kids in wrestling? It's like your dad's right. a college wrestler. Yeah. He, I, f- I feel like he would be... Well, I think he had kind of given up on it after like all the other siblings didn't really like it. Um, it. So I think he had kind of given up on it, but he gave us another chance, thank goodness. Thank and God. uh goodness, man. So I got into it then, six years old, and loved it immediately. <sighs> At six years old, and you've just been obsessed ever since, huh? Right, yep. Wow. And I think at six and seven, I was a little uh, naive to what it was, but as I got older, I, I figured out the passion that I really do have for it. And when did you start going just hog wild into flow, watching all the time? Um, I'd say it was around 11. I'd say it was around 11. So I started a little bit. It. Yeah, I started a little bit. That was when I got the pro, I think, was when I was 11. And I think that was to watch... Uh, Tulsa so we competed in Tulsa a lot yeah and uh so the the video was all on Tulsa or on flow so uh we got it for that and then I I was like yeah we got this and so I just started watching all kinds of stuff so would you watch kids your age would you watch mm-hmm. college level or everything everything and at th- when I started out it was mostly kids I would wrestle I'd game plan guys a lot at 11 years old um so that was really helpful and then I would it Flow has this thing where it's like you watch a video kind of like YouTube and another one comes up. Yeah. And so it'd be like watching a kid my age and then an interview of Kyle Snyder would come up. So I would just get stuck and just watch everything. 
uh, so heavily. But yeah. Man, I can remember when I was in middle school, the only thing we had, and I'm not, I'm not that old, I'm only 30, but the only thing we had was somehow my middle school coach had gotten his hands on the 2001 World Championships, and that was the first time I saw any international wrestling, and I was blown away by it, but I mean, I'm, I'm obsessive like you, so I can imagine how fun it must have been to get in there and start just watching video after video after video. I mean, it's hard to go to sleep sometimes. Yeah, and I'm blessed to have um, flow and track and everything that's kind of grown up uh, and grown with me. Yeah. But the fact that I have the passion that I do have, and it just so happens that flow is now growing as I age, too. I mean, yeah. um, it's just amazing and i'm i just feel so blessed like you said you you could watch the 2001 world championships and that's about it and the access that i have to everything is just so amazing and i'm just really happy that i do have all that and then outside of just watching you're an active participant you host your own podcast called the home at advantage how did that all get started and who is jude is it swisher swisher yeah swisher okay. um so Again, this kind of all branched out from the scuffle. Um, so just the fact that I created my own Twitter that led to questions being asked and them figuring it out and then everything that happened the way it did, I just, I really can't believe the coincidences that mm -hmm. have happened and just all the work for my blessings and stuff like that is just amazing. Um, but I feel like when I got out of the scuffle, a lot of attention had been focused on me a little bit more and uh and I had been talking to this guy on on Twitter and it it was Jude Swisher but he had some fake name or something so I didn't know who it was uh but we were just talking about wrestling mm -hmm. and uh and eventually he was like hey I didn't know you were a kid uh I'm a kid too we were both homeschooled and um so we were just talking about wrestling and that added to it like that added uh to some really cool stuff um that we had um, a lot of similarities relationship. Yeah, a lot of similarities. Um, and we ended up just, we were through the talking about wrestling. We were big uh, FRL listeners and stuff like that. So eventually, like, we just joked around with the idea of starting our own podcast. And at the time, I was like, yeah, you, but you have to pay money for that. And you have to be really technically savvy for that. And everything's probably really hard. And, and we didn't want to do that. Um, but Again, a little bit more of a coincidence. Um, I'm going to tell this story because it adds to it pretty pretty cool, but it doesn't really have too much significance. Um, so I went to a Young Guns camp one time with Lee Roper. Yeah. And he um, talked about chop wood carry water. And after talking to Lee Roper, if he brings something up, you're going to look into that as much <laughs> as you can. And uh, so... After that, obviously, I went and found Chopwood Carry Water, got it, and read the whole thing immediately. And it's it's a pretty short book. You can read it pretty quickly. But the guy that wrote it, Joshua Medcalf, um, I started looking at all his stuff. And I figured out he had a podcast. And at the end of it, he rolled an anchor ad. And um, Gotcha. And so through the anchor ad, I was like, hold up. You can make it free, and it's really easy to use. Okay, that's awesome. So I sent it to Jude, and I was like, hey, we could really do this with anchor. And he was like, Oh yeah, we could we could totally do it. So we started out, um, we did it, and uh, through our own, our first episode was a NCAA recap. Um, so that's that's how it all went down. That's how it all started, man. And now yep. it's 
you're getting guests on. So you're doing interviews. You're also doing some recaps. You have some sponsors. And I got to say, man, your studio looks outstanding. Uh, Thank you. We'll post the video on YouTube, but it looks really good. How did you get involved with Tony Rotundo and his sponsorship of your podcast? This is probably one of the biggest blessings that I've had. I, I consider him more of a mentor than I do a sponsor. Sure. He's been so good to us and, and just helping us move along. Every credential that we've gotten to cover events, he's helped us with. Um, so everything that's gone down, he's been behind the scenes pushing. Like it's, For example, the studio. like He's looked into everything and gotten everything for us. Um, so we met him like... He was the one that kind of noticed us first. So I before the scuffle and flow. Yes. Yeah, so so he watched the scuffle and was like, "Hey, this kid's awesome." And then when I started the podcast, he went and listened. So um, yes. he was kind of our first fan. Um, Perfect. And when we started, he was listening all the time. But before I had ever done this, like I said, I was an avid flow goer on her. Um, yep. So before any of this had happened. I would see on flow on the bottom of pictures it'd say Tony Rotundo. Yeah. Like every picture. Everywhere. So I was like, who is this guy, Tony Rotundo? So I Googled him and started looking at his pictures everywhere. And they were just amazing pictures. And every once in a while I'd just go on his his site and just look at his pictures. Mm-hmm. Um and so I knew who he was prior to any of this. Um Right. And then when he when he reached out to us, uh he sent us a DM to ask for our email so that he could send us an email about um what it would what it would entail and uh getting permission from our parents and stuff like that um so he sent us this really really long email and that was probably one of the best days i've ever had you um, still got the email i was so happy i do Man. It, it, it was it was an awesome day and i was uh in florida with my family when that happened and i, I just remember that was that was so awesome it was just out um, of the blue it was it was out of the blue he DM'd us on Twitter asking for our emails because he would, he would want to sponsor us, and so that was like a little tease. And I was like, "Wow, that's pretty awesome." And uh, and then when he sent us the email, it was it was a really awesome moment. And then since then, it's turned into um, just helping us get places, helping us get stuff, and and just uh, we have a group chat with Mason Beckman, Jude, me, and Tony, and we just talk wrestling. He gives us advice on stuff and. It's it's just amazing what he's done for us. What's his story? How did he get to be the the wrestling photographer that he is? You know, I don't I don't really know too much of the backstory there. I really think I should have him on for an interview sometime. You got to man, because um, I'm I'm fascinated by it. Because everywhere yeah. you look, his pictures are everywhere, man. And um, it's just amazing that someone could have that yeah. much dominance or so much prominence in one area of the sport. And that's not even his job. Is the crazy thing? This is a hobby for him. What? Yes. So that's the crazy thing is everything that he does is complete hobby. Wow. As you were saying it, I was thinking in my head because I've been to his website. I'm thinking, all right, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty sweet that he runs a website. You buy photos on it. And these photos are lights out good photos. So good. Right. Um, yeah. So that's so cool, man. That he obviously did that and kind of went out on a limb to help you guys. And I mean, obviously, it's well worth it. You're, you, you put out a great product. I got to ask about your, your interview techniques a little bit. So... You know, from a fellow podcaster, I, I, I'm curious to that kind of thing. So when you interviewed Dan Dennis, you said that you had everything scripted out. And mm-hmm. obviously, that's that's never the best way to go, but it's a good way to start. And now you don't do that as much. How have you kind right. of morphed your style? And like, how, how I guess, how do you prep for an interview? And do you have questions written out or do you more so have topics that you want to cover? So 
when, like you said, when I started, uh, I don't think I was very good speaking on my feet and stuff like that. So I had to have everything scripted. Right. And I think that was the right thing to do Definitely. at the time. Uh, but as I got more comfortable, um, obviously, I'm talking to these guys that I've looked up to forever. So mm-hmm. the fact that I am I was even talking to them was just blowing my mind. Blowing my um, Yeah, it's crazy. And so obviously, I really struggled to just speak on my feet. And uh, so from there... I I started to move away from the full script thing. I would just research the person a lot and think of topics that I wanted to cover. Uh, I would listen to anyone else that had interviewed him, try try not to cover too much of the same topics, exactly. but at the same time, understand their story um, and, and try to hit the stuff that I need to hit. Um, and so now it's just a little bit more of a, um, I research the person a lot and then I just keep the topics in my head. It's a, it's a lot less of pre-prepping the interview a lot and I kind of just let it flow most of my questions are just recap or after the question questions like I don't really preset any specific questions like you're just genuinely listening and asking right. follow- that, that's all it is it's like it's a conversation and if you're actually listening you don't have to think of your next question it's just mm-hmm. it's just being actually curious about what the person has to say Right. So no, I, I you can see that in your interviews too. And so I mean, you had uh, you had Snyder on. Which man? What do you? What are we? What are we to make about Snyder getting pinned this morning? Uh, I'm I'm not happy. Obviously, I've, I've loved Snyder. I've got his picture back here. Yeah. Uh, I I think that dude Muhammadian, I think is his name. From my room. Uh, just yeah, he looks really good, and I don't think Snyder looked looked on very much. I uh, went back. Obviously, it wasn't up at two thirty, three thirty in the morning, so I had to wake up this morning and go back and rewatch that. But um, yeah, that was uh, when I got up this morning and I saw that. I was I was pretty sad, especially the fact that he had text Bo Nickel right before that. That's the thing. Everyone's like, I got up at call it six central, and so I looked at my phone real quick and I go, okay, Bo just got teched by this guy. Everyone's kind of down on Bo, but then. This guy's up eight zero on Snyder, then Penn Snyder. It's like, yeah, man, that kid, that guy's for real. Yeah, that was not good. And then what's with Bo Nickel forfeiting in the not forfeiting, but yeah, I guess it was a forfeit. Yeah, in the it was a backs. forfeit. Yeah, I don't know. Gosh, like you dude. get one match in, you get one match in for going to Italy. That doesn't make much sense to me. No, that's a like I can I can kind of understand not wanting to wrestle your teammate and training partner every day, but you don't go to Italy and wrestle one match and get tech, not even a whole match. Not like how can you do that? Yeah, I don't I don't understand that. Especially um, yeah, especially the fact that he lost. Like if I lost a match, I would want to wrestle again. Like I'd be pretty mad and I'd want to get the mat and and let that out and score as many points as I could. What's after like, that, but what the heck? Know. What the heck is with the weight class too? He's very undersized for that weight class. He's I don't, so undersized. Why doesn't he go down? I don't. I mean, it seems like I've I've heard and I don't know MMA weights, uh, but I've heard uh, Ben Askren talk about how yeah. he's trying to get to two hundred five for um, MMA. Makes sense. Is 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 what's what he's looking for, and I guess that means he's not planning to stay in wrestling very long. No, I think ever. I think that's that's. That's fairly well known that after this trials this year, he's done wrestling and he's going MMA, which I think it's a yeah. good move because, I mean, look at the guys who are going to be there. I feel like they're all going to be there for another cycle. And Bo is a great talent, so why not let his talent flourish in MMA? I think he's going to do really yeah. well there. But, I mean, all those guys who are there, David Taylor's going another four. I guarantee it. Snyder's going another four. Jaden Cox going Snyder another four. Snyder will probably do more than that, too. He loves well, he, it. I know. Yeah. Well, he was. 
He's about 24, 25 now, I think. Yeah, I think he's 24. Young. So he's got he's got some more in him. What would you I say think. athletic prime is, like 28, 29? Um, I think athletic or just wrestling prime because I feel like wrestling is moving down to 23, 24. I know. But I think there are other sports with, like, MMA is – older i think and then gymnastics is like 16 so (laughs) i don't know yeah that's a good point that's a good point so as we wind it down i want to get a little get some of your thoughts on the current events i I do i usually (laughs) don't cover a lot of current events but you're way way more in the know than me so if you're looking at the olympic team trials at penn state in april Mm -hmm. let's just go wait by wait and get your thoughts on yeah on who you who you like there and i'm gonna be going I'm going to be going, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. I, I just uh, sent in media credential requests, and uh, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. But starting at 57, uh, it's, it's a really tough thing, but I'm a huge Spencer Lee fan. I think he's been looking really good. Uh, I think it, it's – let's just say it's coming down to Spencer Lee, Dayton Fix, um, and then I'll give a Thomas Gilman – or Nathan Gil – Nathan Tomasello, Thomas Gilman. Man, I was getting that confused. Uh, and I think you can throw Seth Gross in there. This is a really deep weight, and I feel like um, what about Joe Seth Cologne? Gross really. I don't know how he's going to look at the weight. Uh, and I feel like what he did last year to um, the guys he wrestled, uh, Tyler Graff, I think he just doesn't didn't have that same pop. Especially like he looked tired at sixty one. Yeah. I feel like he should probably be going up, but I think I think he understands like his best shot is at 57, not at 65. So he's gonna make the cut, but I doubt he's gonna be able to hang with a with a Nathan Tomasello. Yeah, he's so uh, uh, he's big, you know. Yeah, he's very big. So and he doesn't take shots really. Okay. He he's straight uh, chest wrap defense stuff. So his he can put up points like he's he's big into throws, big into chest wrap stuff like that, mm-hmm. but he's not gonna introduce the attacks and not gonna introduce the action. And I think wrestling a guy like Nathan Tomasello, who he's in on a high crotch and it's it's over right away. Yeah, like he lifts you up and there's nothing else to do. I don't think Cologne's gonna be able to first of all hang with the hand fighting that Tomasello offers, and um and also he can't get to his chest wraps on that quick of a powerful that quick and powerful of a high crotch. So. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's gonna be able Lee? to hang. It's Lee. I'm going with Fix. Lee. Yeah, me too. I'm going with Lee against Fix in the finals. And I tell you what, kind of upsets me is that people are maybe overlooking my boy Michik this weekend. I'm a giant yeah. Stevan Michik fan. I I, I just put out a video on why he wrestles the, for Serbia. Put out the interview. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was uh, interested to hear that. I've been a guy that's um, you know, obviously. That's in my goals that I want to one day be a world and Olympic champion. Um, but I want to do it for America. Yeah. I, I don't see how I could ever um, call that for for myself. I don't have ties uh, to another country as much. Um, I have family heritage that's from Ireland, so I have it like a little bit. But I'm American, born and raised, yep. and uh, my wrestling careers flourished through America and what they've offered for training and competition. So. And I feel like Stefan Micic is less so the way I am, but at the same time, like he's grown up wrestling in America, funded USA wrestling events, stuff yep. like that. Um, so I don't know, like it's it's a smart choice, I think. It's a lot easier to make the Serbian world team, uh, Olympic team. So it's a smart choice, and I think uh, it's it's the best for his wrestling. But I don't I don't think 
especially if if I were to do it, I don't think the morality in that would be very high. But it was in, it was interesting to hear his uh his side of it. I'm torn on it because one, it's not that he just wrestles for Serbia and qualifies to the Olympics automatically. He plays higher than any American at the Worlds. Right. So you got to give him that. Like he got fifth, yeah. fixed and fixed it. I think fixed got hosed in that in that match. But yeah, but I'm, still, Misha did he, qualify. He did better. Though. It's not yeah. like you just go for the. I didn't realize. That. I thought maybe you sign up for Serbia, you could do all the Olympics back ten years ago. But like you got to qualify for the Olympics. So I'm right. like, all right, he's got skills. Obviously, he's really good. He beat Fix the last time they wrestled. But I think I think it, I'm with you on that. But I do think it would be different if we're sitting around Thanksgiving or Christmas and our grandparents. We're from mm-hmm. Yugoslavia and escaped a war-torn yeah. country. I think it's a little bit I'm, different. I'm with you. Yeah. So I, d- yeah. I just like his style, though. Forget the countries. I love watching. His Shibata style is so awesome. And he wrestles like somebody from Eastern Europe and totally Western does. Europe. Yeah. Um, I mean, he does, and I think it kind of fits him. Uh, I, I just wish I could see him compete against these guys. And, and oh. if he's better than Fix, make a world team ahead of Fix and, and do better than Fix right. for America. But uh, – you know, I'm not going to call him out like he's doing the right thing for him. And uh, it, right. it wouldn't be the right thing for me. But if it's if it's good for him, then I'm fine with it. Amen, baby. Amen. Um, And I didn't realize this. I was watching a match on Flow last night. Gilman and Michik have wrestled. And Gilman kind of big brothered him in 2013. Was that, was that like a junior world team trial? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen that. Kind of big brother to Michik looked so young you could barely recognize him. But Well, you remember, I think it was 2017 in the Junior World Team Trials. Uh, Dayton Fix teched Tenno Michik right away. Uh, so it more was recently than Michik like beat him? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, wow. So it was 2017 Junior World Team Trials when, when uh, Dayton Fix won his world title, I think it was. Um it was then that that happened. Yeah, he destroyed Mitchic, and he just looked. It was again a little bit of a big brother thing. I think he's Mitchic has developed a lot since then. Yeah, absolutely. So that's fifty-seven, and we got a little off track with the Olympic yeah. trials, but I, I brought it up, so it's my bad. No, um, no, it's fine. Sixty-five. Whew, where do you start here? I mean, who do you like at sixty-five? What are you watching for come uh, April at Penn State? It is it is so hard to make this decision, and I can I can give you a better. Uh, choice tomorrow yes. after I see Jordan Oliver, Zane Rutherford. But uh, I don't want to count out Yanni. Uh, I feel like what I saw out of him last year, I can still see. Uh, obviously, Jordan Oliver is probably the favorite right now. But what I saw out of Yanni the last weekend, Senior Nationals, was really weird to me. Like, I was watching him early matches and he looked bad. Like, he wasn't scoring points. Um, I, I just didn't see much uh, happening there. And I want to pick Yanni, but I don't think he's proved that he'll be peaked then. He looks so um, good last spring, though. It's like, man. I know. It, it's really hard because um, I interviewed Yanni. I, like, I really want to pick him. Um, and I feel like he's got the potential to win this. Like if, if I saw him beat McKenna, maybe lose a close one to Oliver and look, look good leading up to that, I would pick Yanni completely. But the fact that he lost to McKenna... Uh, didn't didn't look good leading up to that, and just I don't know. I yeah. I don't see any proof that he's gonna peak for Olympic team trials. Uh, but who knows? I'm gonna pick Jordan Oliver over Yanni in the finals. Okay. Um, what do you but, think? You know. What do you think about this? At this weight, especially, this is a weight where the guy who wins against the best U.S. guys maybe is not the best chance for the U.S. to get a medal. 
So like, I feel like Yanni. Uh, yeah. You know, that like Zane kind of has that Metcalf style where he could win in the U.S., but it just he, not that he can't win internationally. He can, but he hasn't done so yet. Yanni yeah, gets it yeah, done internationally. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I think an aspect with Yanni, and I talked to him about this on on our interview. What number is, is that? So people can listen to it. I think it's five. Uh, I can five. I can double I can double check that interview five. So we do it a little bit different. Uh, we have HMA podcast numbers and then HMA interview numbers. It's a little confusing, but um, that's what we do. I think it's interview five. Home mat advantage know. interview five. Check it. He had Yanni Dion, one of the big personalities in wrestling. Yeah, it it was a great one. Anyway, we talked a little bit about um. We talked about how he grew up wrestling uh uh russian style like a like mm-hmm. a eastern european style yeah and i think that helped and the guys that he wrestled his little brother vito the Depres, all were trained under his dad mm-hmm. um and they all trained eastern european type they watch videos and they, that were the techniques that he, they practiced so growing up from the time he started to the time he finished he was wrestling foreign wrestlers mm. in a way mm-hmm. and that was that was he was training with foreign guys in arujal and depraise uh, even though they were, were really americans they they wrestled just like foreigners and i think that helps them a lot is the the familiarity of how they wrestle and he wrestles like one himself and uh i think that helps them a lot just able he's able to wrestle with those guys so well yeah i think him and jordan oliver are best are are our best bets for uh meddling high at the olympics and heaven forbid we still had aaron pico in the mix could you imagine how deep this would be if he was still that would be crazy that'd be so nuts he's eight no against zane i mean who's eight no against my goodness aaron pico that's (laughs) that's it crazy um i know we're up on time here do you have a few minutes to Hammer out the rest of these weights. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I got I got plenty of time. Cool. Um, so 74, <sighs> it's hard to pick against a king. Uh, obviously it's gonna come down to uh, Dake Burrows, and I'm gonna throw Imar in there just because of how he looked last Final X. Um, but what I think it's James gonna come Green? down to Dake Burrows. Anything? Any love I don't, for Green? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I but no, if I see him do really well tomorrow, um, I, he's dressing tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If yeah. I see him do really well, um, there. I might change my opinion, but I don't think so. Uh, I think it's just going to come down to JB, uh, Dake, and then maybe Imar. Uh, okay. But it's hard to pick against the King. I don't. I don't think there's any reason for me to, other than being really high on Kyle Dake. There should be nothing stopping me from picking JB. Uh, Dake is a different animal. I mean, I know, I know. But I, the record that JB has against Dake and everything that JB's been able to do against Dake, just makes it hard for me to pick against him. So I'm I'm gonna take J B. Okay. Uh but I give I give Kyle Dake a lot of room to, to change that. What is the final situation? So JB's in the finals and Dake has to beat Imar to get there? Yeah, so most likely. So Kyle Dake will have a bye to the semis mm-hmm. of the mini tournament. Mm-hmm. Um and then whoever comes out of the mini tournament will wrestle J B best two out of three. Beautiful. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Now at what is it, 84 is the next one where DT's at? 86, yeah. 86. I do not see Jaden Cox coming down. I know people are saying it. I think he's going up, but what do you think on that? I, It's really close. Like Every time I start to think he's going down, I'll have doubts and I'll say he's going up. And every time I think he's going up, I'll have doubts thinking he's going down. So it's really tight, but um, 
I'm going to say he's probably going down. That's that's what I'm leaning towards. Okay. And if he does, um, you give the nod to Cox or to DT? Um, I'm going to give it to Cox. I Same. think whatever weight he goes, he wins. Um, Even over Snyder? It's so hard. Even over Snyder, especially with seeing him this morning. Yeah, good point. Good point. And I, I love DT is probably my favorite person in wrestling, favorite personality. Just I love love the guy. Uh, his style is awesome. Yeah. And he's married to an Illinois family. He's married to Jimmy Kennedy's sister. So my hope is that one day yep. he'll be the head coach at University of Illinois. We'll see. That'd um, be cool. That would be awesome. But um, coming off an injury, though, man, it's like, God, that's tough. You know? What yeah. I mean? Yeah. That's another thing is I don't know where he's at. Uh, from his posts, it looks like he's doing well uh, on social media and stuff. But uh, who knows what that means? Like, obviously, he won't say he's not doing well. But um, but like, was first match I don't be know. at the trials? I mean, when's he going to That's what back? I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. What? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jude Jude wrestles for him at M2, so we need to get Jude to pull out more info. Jude, get on the horn, man. Let's get we gotta yeah. three way him in next time. Get on this thing, Jude. We got. Oh yeah. We want inside information. We want the scoop. And then, um, all right. But let's say let's say Cox goes up. Do you see DT walking through Daringer in the rest of the field? Yeah, especially after seeing Daringer not looking so great at senior nationals. Uh, I feel like. DT is going to walk through it, and it, it's, it's hard to say that because I just said he might not look so great after his injury, but I think he will. I think he'll just run through it. I, I hope mean, so. I would love to see Zahid, David Taylor. Zahid, Downey, and Daring are probably the top competition. I'm saying Downey because I feel like he could grow a lot, but um, I don't know. I don't, know I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. And last question for you, and I, I was – this is probably my dark horse of the decade is Kassar to make the Olympic team. Mm-hmm. Just because I was so unimpressed by Gwiz at the Worlds this year, I, I was just so, I, I love yeah. Gwiz. I was just so let down in that match he lost. I was like, man, is his time over? Most likely not, you know. But if Kassar's healthy, my pick is Kassar. It's a crazy dark horse, I know. Who do you like at heavyweight? That's good. Um, it's tough. I feel like Gable could really make it. Uh, I think I'm gonna say Gable. Uh, I mean, the way he dominated Bradley and Nelson, who did well. I mean, Bradley beat Kassar, even though he kind of got hurt at the end. He was still winning, uh, looking good when doing is this? it. When did that, um, that all? Are you talking about senior nationals? So, so Gable at senior nationals, senior nationals. No, so Gable beat all those guys at Bill Farrell. Got it. Uh, and then at senior nationals, Don Bradley beat Kassar. Okay. Um, okay. And I think Gable has Don Bradley's number. Uh. He he's gonna come out of the mini tournament, unless he wrestles Kassar. Um, so I think Kassar is like his weakness right now. He might have like a little mental block against Kassar. Yeah. Um, so I could totally see like them hitting early, uh, Kassar beating Gable and then losing to a Tony Nelson or something. Yeah. And then Gwiz taking it pretty yep. easily after that. But I think if Gable comes out of the mini tournament, he knocks off Gwiz. Um. And gets the world team spot. I think he's a really good shot for Worlds. Uh, I think with the summer of training with the coaches and uh, the partners that he'll have, yeah, I think his freestyle savvy is going to go up and he's going to look really good. Like He's a three-time world champ, age, age level. I, I mean, think he's going to be really good. And the crazy thing, and you may know this better than me, but he stopped going to Fargo, which allowed Tony Cassiope to win Fargo. Right. Did they? Ever, I'm sure they've wrestled a ton of times, right? Um. I don't think so. I don't think they have. Uh, I don't think they've ever wrestled, actually. But they're, what? they're they're about to soon. Yep. It's um, going to be fun, man. 
I'll I'll see if I can look it up real quick, but I don't think they ever have um the age difference is uh is pretty big there, I think. So also Illinois guys, I I don't think Gable's ever gone to um Fargo. Fargo. If if I'm correct, maybe went like an eighth grader or something. But um, did Spencer Lee never go to Fargo? I don't think he did. I thought I heard someone say that. That is so crazy. Crazy. Like. Like the summer that I spent with Young Guns, Jody put a lot of emphasis on Fargo and and everything that goes down there. Um, so like they train hard leading up to it, and he, like he pushes everybody to go there. Um, so having Spencer Lee never goes pretty crazy, but I, I I know that like making cadet and junior world teams probably conflicts with that. So would this be your first year eligible for Fargo? Or are you too young? Are you a young cadet? I'm I'm still too young. Yeah. yeah. So seventh grade, I don't think it it uh ever ever works out. What do you see in there on your stats? Uh, I, I'm looking for uh, Cassiope uh, Stevenson. And, yeah, it did go down. Um, hmm, when is that? 2017 USA Wrestling. It looks like Team Trials Junior. Junior World Team Trials. Actually, it might have gone down twi- twice. Yeah, it's gone down twice. I think Gable teched him in this one uh, in 2017. And then 2018, I don't know. That looks like World Team Trials, too. So, yeah, it looks like they've wrestled twice. And Cassiope probably won't even wrestle at it this year. I'm betting not, but, you know, in the yeah, future. Yeah, Anyway. Especially looking at guys like uh, like Spencer Lee didn't go. Alex right. Marinelli wrestled one time at juniors. But, like, their, their top guys aren't wrestling right out of the bat. Right. Uh, Right off the bat. So, I don't know. They, they might. They might not. Yeah, we'll see, man. Well, it's going to be fun. There's so much good wrestling coming up here. I know you're not uh, in the Midwest, but Iowa Penn State's going to be fun. If you if you yeah. make it to that, are, let me are know. Are you going? I'm going, baby. I got That's going to be awesome. Third row seats. I spent wow. way too much money on them, but I got damn near front you should row get press, seats. You should get press credentials. Dude, you said that earlier about the Olympic trials, and I'm thinking after you said that, I need to get press credentials. So you're ahead of the game, brother. I don't even know how that process works. I'm just on an island up here. Basically, for college events, you email the SID with like your credentials and What's what you'll SID? do for covering it. Uh, it's like the AD assistant for uh, a college. Come write that uh, down. And like, if you need contact info, Jason Bryant has it a lot. So I love stuff that like that. Guy. Yeah, he's such a he's helped me tremendously. He's awesome. He's awesome. Um, I probably should but, have done that versus buying those tickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably better seats and free too yeah but basically what you want to say to them is you're going to be covering it i would do a write like an article or something if you could just to get and do interviews while you're there something like that just just to prove to the sid you're you're covering it um yeah i I would yeah it's pretty simple yeah absolutely well and i was going to ask you what camera do you use to do your interviews after the duels that you go to my phone love it love it um, I'm I'm looking to get a camera here soon, but me um, too, man. Me too. I don't really have one. I uh, I rented one for the Tom Ryan interview. I went way too big. It was way too complex. I didn't know how to use the lighting, but I looked at the one Rudis has. I'll send it to you after this. But I'm okay. thinking about pulling the trigger on it. Last but not least is what tournaments will you be going? Like what big? T- like are you going to NCAs, Big Tens, mm-hmm. your yeah. Olympic trials? So moving forward, I'm you? going to. NCAAs and Olympic team trials are, are my next two events, uh, and they're back to back, so that's gonna be pretty big. But uh, it was, I think it was pretty important that I get there. Jude lives in State College, yeah. Uh, 
Mason Beckman will be going. So the whole HMA crew will be at Olympic team trials. So that'll be pretty cool. Love it. Uh, that's going to be the first event where everybody's there. I think Mason, Tony, and me are going to be at NCAAs. Um, and then Jude won't be there. But he'll be at t- uh, Olympic team trials. Uh, so you get to see us there. More importantly, when is the Tennessee Middle School State Championships? March 12th. Let's go. Let's go. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Will you be competing at that? I will. Is that yep. your big is that like your big in-state event? Uh yeah, it's my big it's it's probably one of the biggest in-state events. Um Yeah, I think so. Because like when I was in middle school, the goal was to win the Illinois Kids Wrestling Federation state title. Mm-hmm. That was everything. Is that is that your main goal or is there other things outside it's, of that? It's not really. Okay. So, um I've won 6 Tennessee state titles. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, the biggest accomplishment. I think the weight, like Tennessee is pretty good, uh, but not deep. I think we've got like a lot of spread out talents, uh, but very rarely, uh, do I hit one of those talents in my state bracket. Um, but I think the biggest ones are, uh, super 32 are at, as is at the top of my goals. Um, Tulsa, I, I, Tulsa's going on this weekend. This is the first year and, four four or five years that I'm not going um so it just didn't work out time-wise money-wise understood uh I'm going to McDonough duels next weekend uh and then like I said I'm going to be in Pennsylvania after that for two weeks training so yeah I, I got a pretty full schedule ahead of me love it man coming here soon big yep. fan of yours I definitely want to have you back on at some point love that you're repping the uh, the gear thank you for yep. putting that post out too at the scuffle man that was awesome Definitely. Uh, again, really appreciate the time. You're an inspiration to a lot of us. Oh, last thing I did have to ask. You said your morning routine. What sh- hit us with your morning routine as we sign off here? Okay, so this is a uh, this is a good morning. Sometimes I end up sleeping in a little bit too late, but um, okay. this is a good morning if if I can if I get to bed early enough the the night before. Um, but this is what I shoot for every day. Is I wake up at five thirty and go on a run. Uh, it differs between how I'm feeling sometimes I'll go on like a sprint one and a half mile run and sometimes I'll do a 5k um in my neighborhood but uh and then when I get back I have a bible study that I do every morning and um and then from there I I do some I, I plan out my day and uh I journal a little bit for for bible stuff okay. and um and I plan out my day and then I just follow that plan every day let's go baby I love it man you're yep. well ahead of the curve. You're going to have a very successful career in whatever you choose, man. And it's been an honor to chat with you. Looking forward to meeting Thank at, the, you. at the NCAs. I, I'm renting a booth at the Fan Expo, man. That's awesome. So we'll definitely awesome. see you there, brother. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Ryan. Take care, man. Have a good day. All right. You too. And all great things must come to an end. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a review, give us a rating, and share this with your friends. It would mean the world to us. Thanks for listening to Wrestling Changed My Life.